June 17, June 1, 7, 2015. And today I want to talk about cold calling. A woman named Jillian Zoe Siegel. Jillian Siegel is not enough. It's Jillian Zoe Siegel. She wrote a book about success, and it's called Getting There. And she wrote an article about her book on LinkedIn. And she was telling the story of a few famous people who succeeded in sales. And she said that John Paul DeJoria called his three years selling encyclopedias door-to-door as one of the most formative experiences of his life. You know why? Because it forced him to overcome any aversion he might have had to rejection. His years selling encyclopedias door-to-door were important to him because if you had to make a sale, if you wanted to make a sale, after you had 15 doors slammed in your face, you still needed to be as enthusiastic at door number 16 as you were at door number one. He said that when he started his own company many years later, he went from beauty salon to beauty salon selling his products, and four out of five turned him down. But he knew already from his previous experience that in sales, you can't see that as a sign of failure. Sarah Blakely, another person in Jillian's book. She said she had a similar experience. She was selling fax machines to businesses door to door. And she said, I would cold call from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Most doors were slammed in my face. I saw my business card ripped up at least once a week. And I even had a few police escorts of the buildings I was visiting. But I had to do it. So I became immune to the word no. Immune to the word no. When she wanted to start her own company, she called hosiery mills to manufacture her product. She makes spanks. And they all they all turned her down. So she drove around North Carolina dropping in on those same mills that already rejected her on the phone. And she says it worked because it's harder to reject someone in person. Jeff Koons, big money-making artist, he said that selling is like fishing. You have to be persistent and you have to be patient. He broke into the art scene very slowly. Took him nine years to start making money. But the way he built up his business was by accepting any invitation that he thought might give him an opportunity to network. This kind of stuff that Jillian is writing about, you know, it's good for recruiters to read. Uh But I'd also like to see a book sometime about people who cold-called their heads off and never got anywhere. (laughs) Because, you know, there might be a few, but you never hear of them. It would be very unique. And uh, you know what? Speaking of the truth, (laughs) because that's what that book would be, there's one place you're bound to hear it. And Jerry, Jerry, what place is that? The Recruiting Animal Oh, boy. Look at, look at that. There's noise from the first instant on the show. You know, somebody's calling in from a 111 number. 
I'm going to guess it's that person. Oh, yeah, I got rid of him very easily. Anyway, uh, Jerry's not here. I wasn't sure that he wasn't going to show up. He didn't tell me. So I, I wanted to congratulate him because Workable, at Workable, is a company on Twitter. And they put out a list of the top 50 recruiting-related people on Twitter. They call it the Top Twitterati. And it's the first list ever to recognize Jerry as one of the best tweeters ever. He is one of the best tweeters in history. I've seen a lot of tweeters, so I should know. Anyway, congratulations to Jerry. Congratulations to Workable. Uh, Another list came out just today. Our friend Lars Schmidt posted a big article on Facebook about um, actually, it was on his blog, and he just linked to it from Facebook. It was about all the resources online that recruiters use to learn about their business. And it had a special section <laughs> for podcasts. And you know what? This show wasn't on it. He surveyed recruiters. I saw him asking, you know, where do you go? What do you use? This show wasn't on it. John Sumser was on it. Fistful of Talent was on it. Lars, his own show, was on it. Rayanne who used to call in here all the time, HR Latte is her show. That was there, but this show wasn't there. But you know what? I always say, this show is not for everybody, so to each his own. Our guest today is a guy who used to listen to this show when he was a corporate recruiter. Now, however, he's the boss of a startup selling to recruiters, and uh, his name is Nick Livingston, I presume. Nick, are you there? Yes. Hello, Animal. Nick Livingston. You know, uh, I'm screwing up my... uh, (laughs) I don't know what happened. Before the show started, I had my flow going, right? But as soon as it started, I I became confused. I don't know what's happening. Let's hope it picks up for the show. I can't necessarily blame you if things go wrong. We're going to go right into the song. We're going to sing the refrain from uh, My Hump. Anybody on the line want (laughs) to sing? Maureen, you're here. Do you know this song? I'm here. I'm here. What's the song? My Hump by uh, the Black Eyed Peas. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you just say My Hump. My Hump. My Hump. My Hump. Okay. Okay. So we'll go one, two, three. We'll sing it a couple times, uh, maybe. Okay. Okay. Nick, uh, you ready? Let's do this. Okay. One, two, three. My Hump. 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 Yeah, I can't hear you. Nick. My hump, my hump, my hump, my hump, my hump, my lovely lady. My hump, my hump, my hump, my hump. Nobody else is singing. What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk that's in your trunk. My hump, my hump, my hump. Okay. I thought we were gonna at least have the background music with that. I didn't know it was acapella. That's pretty impressive. You know, you know. Well, thanks, thanks, Maureen. We're finished. Thanks for trying. This guy, you know, like he whispered. Uh, look, if there was background music, like no one would hear you. Okay. Like thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. You don't have to whisper. Okay. Anyway, Nick, tell us who you are. I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Yeah, hey, everybody. So, um, I mean, Animal, I've been listening to you back when I was on the agency side as well. I mean, I think okay. a lot of a lot of good tips and tricks and hacks and, and, and conversation came out of this show and um, yeah, it's been really fun to follow the show. I, I started yeah, okay, on the agency side of recruitment. You don't have to before we get going. Uh, Just tell us about yourself, okay? Fair enough. Uh, started on the agency side of recruitment in New York. Um, uh, kind of moved there on a whim and uh, fell into recruiting, as, as a lot of recruiters tend to do. Um, made the transition into to corporate recruiting there in New York. Um, worked at you know large media entertainment company and then 
um, you know, moved out to the Bay Area recently uh, okay. to, to pursue. Can you oh, hold on a sec? I got to give the call-in number to Alejandro. Sorry. Uh, they have it. You got it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so you went. Yeah. Where are you from? I mean, where are you from? You a little town somewhere? You so went to the big b- born and raised in Topeka, Kansas. And Topeka. Then, uh, okay. And so Topeka, you went Kansas. to New York. Why did you go to New York to you know be a big success or something? Well, I I was a musician and always wanted to work in the music business. So. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you fought. You failed there. Is that what happened? Failed there. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, you know, I, my my goal was to kind of be a. I wanted to be a talent scout. I wanted to be a, you know, a music scout, and so I went to New York, was trying to find jobs at at music shops, and then you know to 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 make money, went to an agency to see if they could help me find a job, and they said, uh-huh. hmm, I don't know, math major, you seem to have some people skills. I don't, we don't have anything for you, but have you uh-huh. ever thought about technical recruiting? And uh-huh. so ended up taking a job at the agency. But you didn't know anything. Well, you had math, so you were kind of like a techie type guy. Is that, did you have a, yeah, a suitable in, background? Yeah, interested in, interested in technology for sure. Yeah, always uh-huh. kind of. Okay, you know, you've got a baby and, face. I, I don't know if anybody's looking at the uh, website at uh, on uh, recruitingshow.com, but you have a little uh, a young man's, very young man's face. Has that been good for you or bad for you in business? <laughs> uh, hmm. I guess good and bad. I don't know. Nobody uh, comments as I get older, it. maybe it's better. Nobody, like, you know, well, Bill Gates had a, he looked like a little kid when he was first in business as well. It didn't seem to hold him back, but everybody remarked on it. Does anyone mention that to you? No, you're you're the no? first as of late. Okay. And, uh, okay, so you uh, you you didn't become a, a, a talent scout for in the music business. You became a, an IT recruiter instead for an agency. Uh, then you moved into the uh, corporate world, not making enough money in in the agency side. Why, why did you leave? I know you don't like agencies. So you can tell us. No, I, I, I like. I, I don't not like agencies. I, you um, said they're cutthroat. I read your article. You said they're cutthroat. Well, you just okay. ha- you have to be. It's competitive, so it's just the nature of the business. But what does that but mean? It's, but it's competitive, and you have to be cutthroat. Uh, uh, well, most cutthroat. agencies. I mean, unless you have a retained relationship with the client, you're competing against 15 other agencies to yeah, fill but that. Yeah, why rack. does that make you cutthroat? And what does it make you? What does that mean? Can you can you give one example of what that means? Well, I think just uh, you know, hiring velocity and timing makes everything. So whatever whatever you have to do to get your candidate in front of that hiring manager, you know, before the competition, um, you know, I think the incentives are aligned. Where you have where one example, that can be tricky. you have one example, or or just say I have examples, but I don't want to tell. Is that is that the case? <laughs> or you know. Um, I'm having trouble thinking of a specific example. Okay, because right you know what? It's not cutthroat, okay? It's not cutthroat unless you can prove it's cutthroat. Does anybody agree with him that, uh, you know, that uh, contingency recruiting for IT is cutthroat? Anybody on the line on Twitter? I know Thayer. I'm not uh, seeing anything yet. Okay, okay, the guest from last week, she would agree with you. But you know what? Let's move on. So you uh, you, you didn't like agency recruiting. You don't want to say why, and you decided to well, go to. Well, I don't. I don't think it was that. I think. I think to kind of get a sense of the whole ecosystem, I, I knew I wanted to go in house. And and how I learned about that was was I actually placed a recruiter at one of our clients. Um, her name was Susie, and you know she would get calls all the time about you know full time jobs, but she liked consulting in house, and so she would feed me leads and and. You know, when she when she got a call about a job at MTV Network, she called me and said, "Nick, you know, you really got to consider this. I think you'd be great in house." And so, you know, you, you, 
through, throughout your career, you kind of find mentors, and and you need to listen to guidance. And I I think moving in house was was a good move for me to just get so that other. Your own other, candidate other became your mentor. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, in a way. Uh huh. And and it was a fit because you had an interest in the the music business. Is that what you're also exactly. saying? Exactly. And, uh-huh. and at that time, MTV Networks was at a place. You know, back in 2000. Seven, most of these big media companies with all of these assets were, were at that phase where they were deciding whether to build or buy, you know, all of the technology required to, to go online. And I think Viacom made a good move, MTV Networks made a good move in terms of deciding to buy, or, or to, I'm sorry, to, to, to build it. And so that required hiring a whole centralized technology organization, interactive technology teams, global digital media teams to build these platforms to serve out all this content. Okay, and so, and so now you've pretty, got your own company. Let's just move ahead kind of quickly. Sure. Talk a little louder. Maybe I should just turn up my headset. I don't know. It could be a little louder. You're much better than I expected after seeing that other video with you and the terrible sound. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you would have called in like that, and I would have been mad. I'm glad I, I headed that off at the pass. Anyway, so you, you decided to leave uh, MTV and start your own business. So you're the... CEO of a, a startup right now called Honit, H-O-N-I-T dot com, Honit dot com. H I always, you know what, what's wrong, <laughs> I used to be good at spelling, H-O-N-E-I-T dot com, right? And right, exactly. The only the only thing I'd say, you know, before after MTV, um, I, I moved to the Bay Area a few years ago, and so I wanted to get a taste of like what this tech scene out here had to offer and, and what the what Silicon Valley was all about. And so I moved here to, you know, go back to school in the evenings, and then I, I had the opportunity to work at a, a small startup, which which was a pretty wild ride, and so very different than the the large, you know, you know MTV Networks Viacom experience. Um, so, but that was with a company called Tube Mogul who saw some really explosive growth, and, and I was there a little over two years, and, you know, they IPO'd, and so it was this, this wild, uh, you know, recruiting experience at a, at a, at a startup here in the Bay Area. And okay, then, did um, you make a pile of money from that IPO yourself? Is that the hint? Uh, had some stock, had some stock, and so, at, you know, after the IPO, um, I had met two two engineers who I was moonlighting with, and these guys were just as excited about kind of reimagining the job interview process from their own experience being seasoned engineers here in the Bay Area, repeating themselves over and over with, with interviews, you know, answering the same questions over and over with different companies. And so um, after the, after graduating from school and then the IPO, I, I went all in with Honit last uh, August. Okay. And Honit, tell us what it is, or do I have to do that? <laughs> So Honit is a platform that helps recruiters uh, reimagine the candidate screening. Don't use words like reimagine or reinvent or any of those BS words. Don't use that here. You said you listened for a long time, okay? I'm just trying to get my mojo back. Something through me, okay? And one of the ways I'll do it, I'll be angry at you. Don't screw around. You know what the show's about. You can tell that mumbo-jumbo when you're on those other podcasts that got on Lars Schmidt's list. But this show didn't get on that list because we don't take that from our guests, okay? Now, just tell me. It's a website. It's a website. And when you want to do an interview, because I tested it with them. It works, it okay? It improves want, the process. When you want to do an interview, you go to that website and you connect with the candidate through the website. You interview them there, and it's recorded. 
and you can also it it helps you create clips while you're going. If you ask a question, correct me. Uh, step in. Don't wait like till yep. after I spell your name improperly and then correct it after. <laughs> no, Head you're doing good. You're doing good. It's always wrong. it's always fun to listen to how people describe your product. It's like a okay, good Okay, well of the this process. is what happens. I used it. And so when you're when you're being entered, you're going to ask a question. This is a key question. You press a button and it turns that portion into a clip. Mm. Clips are very, very important. I started creating clips for this show, so you don't have to listen through an hour to find something that interests you. You can look at a list of topics. Yeah, I want to listen to three minutes of that, and that's what your software does. Uh, what have I missed? I, I have some questions, but no, that, what have that's, I that's it. I mean, right now, right now, for the most part, recruiters are conducting phone interviews. Right? You spend thirty minutes. A pop talking to candidates, you know, you have these great conversations, all of this rich information is shared, and you have recruiters scribbling notes and trying to interpret what a candidate's saying, writing down those answers to then package them up and present them to either a client or a hiring manager if you're an internal or external recruiter. And, you know, that process, you know, you've, you've gone from all of this rich data to scribbled notes. And 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 there's that's just chock full of misinterpretation and miscommunication between recruiters and hiring managers because of that. So what we're trying to you know what we built is a is a system that allows a recruiter to conduct those same you know great great conversations. I, the recruiter's role is important, right? You're selling the candidate, you're selling the company, you're selling the opportunity, you're answering questions. Yeah yeah yeah. Assessing. Don't be verbose. I look. How many Fair times enough. am I going to have to yell at you? Okay, <laughs> I, I don't want to do. I don't want to do all the describing of your product. Okay, I, so uh, let me ask. So, but anyway, so you have all these. Us, you no, have these no, great no. Now you go blew right. it. You let me come back. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so Fair hold enough. on a second. You go to the. This is not the greatest show for someone who's got a new technology. I warn people, and you know it. <laughs> so let me ask you. You go to the website. You record the interview. You create the clips. I have to. I'm not. I've never created the clips myself. So. I don't know how easy that is. I'll ask you um, for more details in a minute. But you record the interview. The candidate doesn't get to keep a copy that he could pass on to other people, does he? Yes or no? This is software for recruiters. This is okay, software so for recruiters. The thing is, so when they you own said, the content. When, oh, no, wait a second. Yep. Wait a second. When you said, okay, these engineers don't like having to ask the same questions a million times, well, they're still going to have to ask, answer the same questions if they go to another company. But within the same company, they don't have to ask, because there's, you know, they can, someone can listen to a clip or the whole interview, it's been recorded, they don't have to answer the same question again and again. Is that the real key feature? That that's it. So a recruiter screen can be much more effective because they can ask the questions hiring managers typically do, right? And a recruiter who's not a technical expert, a recruiter may, who may not be a functional or industry expert, can now ask the very same questions that a, that a hiring manager would or or a technical person would, without having to know all the gray area of what constitutes a good versus great answer. They can capture those answers when they ask it and present those talent. You know, click of a button frictionless immediately when they hang up from the conversation, they can package that candidate, present a few clips, and the hiring manager can hear for themselves. Yeah, but that the, person... the, the, hold on. The ignorant yep. recruiter cannot ask the meaningful follow-up questions. Are you, the of course. thing is... No, no, it's, it's a well, live conversation. Really no, that's the whole that's point. Important. You, yeah, to be a good recruiter, you've got to dig and you've got to follow up, and, that, and the system allows for all of that. But, you know, when someone's giving you a great answer, no longer are you scribbling notes to translate that and, and share that. You actually just capture that sound bite and pass it along. Okay, you know is what? there if value? You the, 
And Go ahead. Is there value in having the same question asked by multiple people? You know, digging into something from different angles, because obviously I'm going to investigate uh, slightly differently than you might, Nick. Sure. No, I, you're, you're right on. But I don't think each person along the, the interview process needs to start this at the same spot. So, you know, if a recruiter kicks off a, a, a topic, you know, the candidate answers a question, gives a reasonable answer. Now the hiring manager knows they can just dig into that immediately. So what we're doing is um, if the hiring manager isn't satisfied with the candidate's answers and they do still want to do a phone interview before they bring them in, well, they can start and just dig deeper immediately. So we can turn another a 30-minute hiring manager screen into a 15-minute screen. And time is money for internal, right? And time is money for everybody. Um, but But what we're really going for and what we've seen is that a recruiter who conducts a, an interview through this system, hiring managers can get a sense of that candidate's enthusiasm, personality, domain expertise without having to do another phone interview, and you can decide to bring the candidate right in. And so, um, and then also think about like the, the hiring, the, the division director, the SVP of the department. Many times they're involved and do a final phone interview with the candidate before signing off on a hire. Well, if they can just listen to a few of these excerpts, hear the person's culture fit, hear them answer some te- technical questions and feel good about it, they can sign off on that hire without investing. So let me ask you a question, time. a technical question. Yep. So you, 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 you get to a question you think is going to be important. You press the button that creates a clip. Do you press the one to finish it off as well, or is there a certain set time? I can't remember. Exactly. So we've, we, you know, I, you know, I've been on the agency side, and I, I know how important it is to really be able to control what you want to share and how you want to present a candidate. So the system offers the the recruiter the ability to begin the timestamp and end the timestamp. Right? It's only sharing the stuff that you want to share. None of the chatter in between. None of the the stuff when you're you're pitching your client and any of that kind of stuff. Right? It's a very controlled system. And you can just present, you know, 60 seconds worth of that no, no, from that you, conversation. You, the, the, the recruiter, him or herself, they start it and they stop it manually when they want to. Is that right? Yeah. So so while you're speaking with someone live, either you know, phone-to-phone or video-to-video, right, through the system, um, to, to the job seeker, to your candidate, it's just like a regular phone conversation, right? They're speaking over the phone. To the recruiter, they are interacting with their web browser, um, where they can work from custom interview scripts, right? So junior recruiters can work from efficient scripts that maybe their managers or hiring managers created for them, um, or seasoned recruiters can can work from the, the scripts that they've refined over time. And so those questions are in front of you. If you're talking to a junior salesperson, you've got your go-to four or five sales questions that you want to dig into. And, and they're right in front of you. Um, after you ask the question, you simply click the button. The system then knows that the candidate's answer to your question is starting that right then. Um, and then you can end the stamp when you feel it's appropriate. Um, obviously, you can edit those after the interview if you want to make any adjustments. But you've really, got we the editing. See... You've got the editing software in this system, or do you have to go elsewhere for that? No. So, so you can review the clips that you actually recorded and make any adjustments after the fact. Um, and then it's just super quick and easy to say, oh, yeah, that was a great call with that candidate. I want to share this clip, that clip, and and copy and paste my notes and package it up and present it to your client. Okay. Who are you selling to? Um, so we've been uh, focusing on staffing agencies. Um, you know, that's where we started, and then now we're starting to expand into corporate recruiting teams to use the software as well. Why did you start with agencies? I would have thought you would go straight to the corporations. Well, if you look, you know, in the internal recruiting process, you've got 
a phone screen. You've got potentially a hiring manager phone screen. Sometimes there's another phone screen before you get to in-person interviews. And then that phone interview with with the division head. You know, that's kind of even the most best case. That's the best case scenario for a lot of internal recruiting teams. When you add on an agency's phone screen, um, and remember, I remember back when I was on the agency, a lot of times the account director at the agency would also want to chat with the candidate because their reputation was on the line. It was their client, client. So, you know, there's another two conversations that a candidate might have. So we started with the agencies because we thought they might have even more it's even more important for them to kind of accelerate the the interview process and and show a new dimension of the candidates they're presenting. Okay, want to talk about cost right now, or do you want to talk about cost at all? Uh, we don't need to talk about cost. No. I mean, okay. right now something? you can. Right now, anybody, any recruiter can go to the site. They can sign up for a free account. They can give it a shot, see the value, see the benefit of the platform, and then um, you know we've got kind of a pre- premium model where. Uh, you can level up for more features and functionality. Okay, so there's actually a freemium as well. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, right now uh, anyone can go and, and sign up. And, you know, basically it's quick and easy to kind of understand how it works. The first thing they can do is is request me for an interview. Um, I'm actually a candidate that's preloaded in the system. You just click a button to invite me to interview, uh, and you can conduct your first interview with me and to see how the whole system works. Uh, I did that. I, it worked pretty well. I mean, I've, 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 this is one technology. I actually did it. And it was easy, and the sound was very good, and it worked well. So, I mean, it does work. Uh, I, uh, we didn't do video. It captures the videos as well? Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the upgraded features, but anybody right now can do audio. Okay, so two just one, one more second. We'll get to Alejandro's got a question. Let's sure. just give the website again. H-O-N-E-I-T dot com, right? Hone yep. it. I don't like the name. I'll be frank about it. Alejandro. <laughs> Do you think, Nick, that there's a difference between a recorded like Skype interview where you, you're seeing the uh, candidate give his answers or her answers and a face-to-face that would be recorded? In other words, is the quality of the interaction different? Obviously, we can't meet everybody if we're recruiting nationally, internationally, but do you think that a recording of a two-person interview face-to-face would be a different quality? of interaction? Well, so so th- that functionality is there. I mean, so it's live two-way audio if you want to just do a phone conversation with someone or if, or it's live two-way video, just like a Skype. So, you know, that, that functionality is in there. Um, Alejandro, it's, it's just, just like having a phone call. It's like our conversation. Right, I right understand. Well, what I'm asking is what's the difference between that and me having a video camera on a tripod in my office? I have somebody come in and we conduct that interview. I record it and send it in. Is there a difference in uh, the the type of interaction you found? Have you looked at that as you know part of the platform? Is okay, there something okay, that you can the question. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would just. I mean, I think that's just a quick candidate experience answer. I mean, having them. You know, it's good that you're meeting your candidates, but I don't think you necessarily. Um, you know, if you have a good conversation with someone and feel confident and can extract highlights from that conversation or from that two-way Skype, you know, or Honet video interview. Um, to, to pass along, uh, you know, that seem, that's sufficient. I, I do think it's good for agency recruiters to, to eventually meet the candidates. Um, so that's pretty that's interesting. So you record, you record in person. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's okay. move on. Let's move on. I think everybody understands. Everybody understands your your product. I think it's very simple to understand. You do an, uh, an interview online. You save the interview. You save the clips. You pass them on to the other people in the hiring process. We'll come back to that in an indirect way. You said. 
you were sort of shocked when you moved from a big company like MTV to a startup. Why? What what was the big surprise? What was different? Just, you know, the the pace, the the urgency around, you know, every 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 incremental hire can can make such a big impact. I mean, when you're talking about a company that's yeah, we we grew from 60 employees to 360 employees in, in a little over two years, and and you can imagine each 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 hire is that much more firepower to to the to the big goal. Um, whereas you know you, you're looking at a 5,000 10 person 10,000 person company, and and a lot of that is just it's you know 17 percent turnover. So you're doing a lot of backfills. You're you're replacing people who have left versus you know hiring additional headcount to really accelerate the sales velocity, accelerate the engineering productivity, accelerate the, you know, the marketing efforts, you know, so, um, so everything is that much more urgent. And yeah, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, get yeah. to the point, you're, sure. you know, you're too right. wordy, you're a nice guy, and you told me you listened to the show for years, I'm well disposed towards you, I like hey, your it, product, it's but context. It's a lot. Wordy. It's context, I, shoot it Twitter, out, 140 characters and get you into trouble. Put on your holster and shoot. <laughs> okay. Look, you, you know, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get get too much from what you said about like, <laughs> but what you one of your big deals is you remember you tried to deny it, but you said you know uh, third party recruiters, headhunters are cutthroat, and in your writing you make uh, headhunters seem like people who just want to make a placement. That's their only. Uh, goal and and they'll do anything to make a placement. They don't care really whether the person's suitable or not. You say when you were in a staffing a, a agency, all you wanted to do was get the candidate to accept the offer. And then when you moved inside, you saw that your job was really the opposite. Your main focus was to keep out the bad guys or the mediocre people because you realized how much damage they could do you know, on the inside. So you see the internal recruiters and the external recruiters as being completely different, in fact, opposed in many ways. And you see yourself as a corporate recruiter playing a, a very defensive kind of negative uh, role that really engenders a lot of dislike. Uh, is, is, is that right? Am I am I portraying your ideas correctly? That seems... Uh, um I don't know. Some of the verbiage you used seemed a little harsh. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's that because I'm polar. saying it like it is. I'm not using words like reimagine. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that polarizing. I mean, I think that the day to day is similar, right? We're looking to to find the right talent to to push the, to either make a make a great placement or to 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 make a hiring manager happy. Um, I think the incentives are are different, right? In, agency recruiters are obviously incentivized by. Getting someone to stay there for ninety days and, and yeah, don't and, repeat and, what I said. Don't repeat what I said. Okay, they heard that already. You want to dis? If you're going to disagree with me, point to the exact area that you disagree with. I don't. I don't think you mentioned corporate recruiting. Are I don't think corporate recruiters are are only defensible around making. I mean, they're doing sourcing. They're they're doing a lot of the same techniques and hacks to. to to, to widen the net and cast a bigger net of, of new talent. So it's not just about filtering resumes, as you put it. Um, so I think I disagree with you there. I think yeah, I didn't say anything about doing... resumes. I didn't say anything about resumes. You made well, that up. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold <laughs> yeah, on, hold on, hold on. You said the time and cost of, to everyone involved uh, to onboard, train, and get a new hire up and running is astonishing. 
see, that shows what you were shocked by. The cost, you're saying, is astonishing. And so you became, like, unnerved about bringing in somebody who wasn't really good for the job. That's what I got from your article. What do you mean it's astonishing? What kind of dollars are we talking about? Well, nowadays, I mean, companies are really investing a lot in onboarding and getting people up to run up to speed. Um, you know, talent management is now you know the innovation around talent management and keeping your good folks and, and and nurturing them and developing them. You know, we're seeing that kind of innovation in talent management like we've seen in the recruiting space over the last decade. So now, so now the investment as soon as you hire someone, there's a focus on 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 making them at pl- at, at home. Um, getting them up, up and running, and so there's there's dedicated teams, right? There's there's teams and staff and uh, programs all all what about does it getting take someone to get them. You take them out for a, a, a hamburger and fries at lunchtime and say these are the other people in the office. Is that expensive? No, I mean, I, I don't think it's that. I mean, I think every system, every every company has their own systems. When you talk about a software company, you hire an engineer. You've got there's there's three months of training to get them up and running with the environments, the dev environments, you know. So 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 it it takes you know six to six to nine months before that engineer is really cranking out new products, right? Or really, really? contributing. Really, it can be. It can six be. Six yeah. months. Okay, and you didn't realize that when you were a headhunter, is that right? No, I mean I think what you're what you're doing there is is trying to develop okay, a niche. Okay, okay, no, no was the answer I wanted. Don't be wordy. Enough. Don't be wordy, okay? I think you really have something to tell us, and I want to get it out, you know, before the show's over. So for a third party recruiter, if you went back into that business now that you know, uh, you know, the kind of uh, dollars that are, are are at risk with a bad hire, how would you be different than you used to be? I think I think that's one of the things we're trying to solve for with Honeit. I think if if I know that an agency recruiter is vetting talent and, and putting them through a rigorous screening process, and you know willing to share some of that with an internal recruiter so that an internal recruiter doesn't have to repeat, you know, do another screen, right? Like right now, the last thing an internal recruiter wants to do is do another phone interview with and pay a fee, and pay a fee. You know, do as much uh-huh. work and okay, pay a okay. fee. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Okay, so I'll accept that. Is there anything else besides buying your product that would make <laughs> that uh, uh, that a headhunter should do after they learn about you know the costs involved in hiring someone who isn't right? I, I think it's important to specialize. I, I really do. And and as a headhunter, you need to really know you know pick pick a function, pick an industry, and and own it and learn everything about it. Go to every conference, read every blog. You know you need to learn just as much about the the functional roles you're filling as, as you know, how to be a better recruiter. Okay, so there shouldn't be a case, really, where there is a, an ignorant recruiter following someone else's script and not being able to do the follow-up questions. Is that right? I think to get, get off the ground, uh, it's a great way to, to learn from learn from uh, others. But, yeah, I think yeah. every recruiter needs to, to hone their own skills and, and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Okay. So I'm just going to focus on this a bit more because you said that one of the jobs of the, you know, this is all you talked about, being defensive as a corporate recruiter. And the corporate recruiter, you said, has to look for potential red flags and yellow flags and, uh, you know, that preventing, oh, now I can quote you, preventing a bad hire can be one of the most productive things a recruiter can do. That's all you seem to care about. What kind of red flags were you thinking of and yellow flags 
when you wrote that? I think, I mean, I think that that's just one blog post, but I think, you know, every candidate has yellow flags. It's one right? blog Everybody, post you put all over the Internet, and your last blog post was from four years ago. So I think <laughs> it must mean something to you, okay? And it's the one you're using to sell your product. So don't brush it off. Fair enough. So every candidate has yellow flags, right? They may not have as much experience. They may not come from... Give me an example. You know, I talked to Scott Love about you this morning on Facebook. Scott Love. And he said, you know, he said, well, ask him this question. I said, I don't know if he'll be able to answer. Because once these guys come on my show, they can't remember anything. They get amnesia. (laughs) They don't remember one hire that they made in the past. They can't tell you a story. So if I ask you for a yellow flag... You don't remember any real situations where you uh, where you were watching for something. Am I right about that? Uh, I think because there's so many. As I said, every candidate has a combination of good things and and yellow flags, and it's you have to decide uh, where they're light, you know, strengths and strengths and weaknesses, right? And and sermon if if those weaknesses are going to be a red flag, if they're that bad to impact uh, productivity with the rest okay, of the team and on. contributing. Let's move on. Yeah. Anybody else have a burning question? Uh, you know that that they want to ask them. Because I have lots of them. No? Okay. 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 Here's, I'll just read what Scott Love said. Scott Love says, I have seen several internal recruiters lose a superior candidate because they were afraid to push back to managers. Uh, or they're afraid of using an outside firm. They don't want to hire good people from headhunters because it might make look them, bad, them look bad. And he also says, again, they're afraid to probe for the information they need because the hiring manager says they're busy. So he sees people, he sees these corporate recruiters as people who are, you know, lily-livered, chicken. Uh, they don't have the guts to push back to the hiring managers and get, you know, the information they need to do the job. Do you see, do you agree with him, or is there a lot of that, even though I know it didn't apply to you? Well, I'd say it depends. I know you're going to hate that answer, but, um, you know, there, there's a, there's, it, it's a relationship, right? Internal recruiters, they're your internal clients. You can't, you can't just drop them and move to another company if things aren't going well. You've got to establish these relationships. There's highs and lows. And you've got to build a trust with that hiring manager so that you can push back when needed. And I think as you establish that trust and, and as you establish credibility... How do you build trust? How do you build trust? By FaceTime, taking them out to lunch, having, having meetings, talking about things other than the recruitment or open recs. Okay. I think just you've got like to connect lady, with us. It's just like the lady who makes those spanks. She called the mills... She said, please do my product for me. They said no. But when she went out to visit them, same companies said mm-hmm. yes. Is that it? You know, they kind of get to know you and feel obligated. Is that really what you're playing on there? It is. So that, you know, if they say no, if they say, you know, you send, you send four candidates, it's no, 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 with no, no response or no details as to why those candidates aren't right, you know, that, that, that's a prime example of where a, a relationship you can push back and say, why? Eh, not a right fit. Well, that's not enough. Like, we really need, if you want me to get better at my job and, and save you time, I really need to learn what you're looking for or what's changed since our kickoff meeting because, you know, the four candidates I just sent you, they seem to be in line with what we discussed originally. And so, you know, that's a small example of um, okay. not okay. enough feedback. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I just want to know, since you've become uh, uh, an entrepreneur, a co-founder of this company, are there any sales lessons that you've learned that you wish you knew before? 
Um, I tell you what, I'd say you know when I was on when I was an uh, agency recruiter and and in-house, I was always fascinated with kind of the cyber sleuthing community and um, you know using web hacks to kind of uh, you know find talent, right? I I think it's it's interesting you can leverage some of those same techniques when you're when you're doing sales and you know I'm trying to figure out the right the right people to reach out to to you know introduce our product to. So that that's been kind of interesting. That's um, it. Yeah, what about this stuff like these people were talking about? You can't get through to the people you want to talk to. Uh, you know, you're you're turned off by intermediaries. Do you have do you have that kind of problem? Well, I'd say the one of the biggest. Well, the benefit is that you know when you're when you're sourcing talent, you, you don't know phone numbers. Um, with with companies, if you're dialing the companies, you can you can call the operator and ask for the the head of HR. So that's been a little that's been a little different from 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 the b2b side of things you know selling a service or selling a product okay 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 does a, a recruiter have to be a people person like friendly sociable happy happy type guy that's the question again uh, well, i asked the same <laughs> questions hold on alejandro what's wrong with asking the same questions from a few different people so i can find out a if they few agree different people or if animal, they have a, a few, different angle a few. okay a few means three. <laughs> I, I've only I, asked that. Jeff Chaponik or Chapnik. You asked me that guy. question over a year ago. Okay, I don't remember you when I interviewed you. I, I don't, don't know if you, do, if you don't if you don't like people, it's 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 going to be a tough. Uh, it's going to be a pretty annoying business cause, you no, know, I don't. I don't think. Why do you say that? I mean, that's it. I mean, we, we're we're we're. You know, matching people, and you know, it's funny. The guest last week, she she made a good point, right? Both sides can say no, and and it's complex business. I don't. I think the recruiting profession is, is, you know, I don't think people get how kind of complex this can be. Uh, okay, thanks. No answer. Allison Cruz has a question for you. She asked me to take. She says, "What do you think of recruiters who have an email signature in which they identify themselves as a recruiting ninja or a recruiting master Jedi?" How's that going to look when they send it out to both candidates or potential candidates and to their clients inside companies? Do you think it's bad or good or insignificant? Um, I'd say insignificant. I mean, okay, 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 that's enough. Storytelling is important in recruiting. Everybody keeps saying it. It's important in sales. You know, uh, you're doing a lot of selling right now, I assume. Do you agree that storytelling is important in recruiting? And what does it really mean? Like telling the history of your company or what is it? Yeah, I I think that would be it. When we were at Two Mogul, uh, you know, it was this it was this company in the East Bay, right? So we weren't in San Francisco, we weren't in the South Bay. You know, East Bay competes for talent, right? It's um, but but T Mobile, like it's hard to pronounce. People were like, wait, T Mobile? You know, they didn't. You know, you have this kind of strange name. You're in this strange place. You're you're building this strange technology, and I, I think recruiters at T Mobile really had to go extra effort to really sh- you know share the story of the create you know the start the founding of the company, some of the pivots it made. You know the, the the big challenges we're attacking, and and once candidates got that and they understood that, you know they were sold. Um, but I think a lot of that messaging okay. just doesn't come out on the okay. web. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me let me do a couple of ads. One for your product. We've got Nick Livingston. If you tuned in late, Nick Livingston. He's a nice guy with a very youthful face. He used to be at MTV. Uh, he was a headhunter before that. Uh, then he went to a startup, and now he's got his own company. It's called Honeit.com. H O N 
E-I-T.com. And it's an interview platform for recruiters. So you can interview your candidates. You can press a button. Uh, when you're asking an important question, it creates clips that you can pass on to other people in the company. So they don't have to ask the same questions again from the very start. And uh, Honeit.com is the place to go for that. And I want to tell you about a job board strictly for recruiters. It's called RecruiterJobAds.com. RecruiterJobAds.com. If you're looking for a recruiter or looking for a recruiting job, go there. If you want to post a job, it's free if you use the promo code RecruitingAnimal. RecruitingAnimal. If you're listening to this show, you should be able to remember that. Okay, now back to the show. Do you interview for culture, Nick Livingston? Yes, uh, we, we did it too, Mogul, for sure. I mean, we, we came from the top. The CEO was really involved in hiring and helped kind of put together. Yes, you did. Uh, okay. That's yep. a, yes, Animal, I did. <laughs> Time for yes. my follow-up question. How did you interview for culture? What was involved? What questions did you ask? We we had a two Mogul. We had, um, you know, our, our, our values were get shit done, um, figure shit out, and um, there was a third one with the S word. Um, I've got to tell you, and, and shit so, is an animal bad word. Oh. The educated people say it way too often. They have no other nouns in the world. Everything's that, right? Go ahead. It's, prob- it's probably overused. But but anyway, so the, so we were looking for people who could move quickly and, and do a lot with a little. And so in, in, our, in our screening, it was... Tell me about a time when you were under-resourced and found a way to to get the get the you know solve the problem or, or get to overcome right because we were a boots you know strap startup we didn't have vast resources and we needed people that could okay could yeah I, we understand why we but, understand why you told us but yeah. let's say somebody came to you from MTV and they applied to work in this startup would you back away from somebody like that because they were coming coming from a company where presumably there might be tons of resources and lots of money. Or would you really screen, screen somebody like that hard? Um, you, you definitely want to screen for motivation and, and really make them aware that they're, they're getting into a, you know, a, a company that's How a, do you that screen for motivation? Well, they have to have done their research. See, they're coming with, with, with industry knowledge, right? Someone who may have been in the entertainment or media business on the, on the other side who would be a user of your products, that's a lot of information. So there's benefits there. You know, even but but you're not going to give up on someone who wants to work at Two Mogul, and and so you you got to filter that out by asking them why. Did you hear my question? Did you hear my question? How do you screen for motivation? So you know what, animal? I ask these questions. One, two, three. You can too. Give me an example. So you know why do why do you want to work at Two Mogul? Simple, simple, simple question. Uh And and if and if they say. You know, if if they say, oh, because I've I I, re- I heard about you in a blog, like that's that's not enough. You know, you want someone who's done the research, who's been following the company, who gets where programmatic media buying is heading and wants to be a part of it. You know, that's what you're looking for. Really? Okay. And what if, uh, you, for instance, you you, you want to ascertain again, like you did a minute ago, if they can work with minimal resources? If they give you just one example of having done it. Will you ask for another and another? How much do you want before you say, this person's okay for me? Uh, I mean, I'd say a good example is enough. One? I mean, 
I mean, how how long are your interviews? I mean, I think if, if yeah. anybody I mean, else want to ask the question, anybody well, else, you're going to be a better interview after having done this with me. You should come back every week. You know, after a few <laughs> weeks, a month of this, you'd know what to do. Okay, best way to make first contact with candidates: phone, email, or text. Email. Why? What's your wow. turn? Well, depending on where the candidate comes from, I'd say, right? If if they apply to your your job, they express interest, you can you can easily ping them, set up a time. No, 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 uh, we're not talking, talking about, about sourcing. People who apply to your job, that's like, okay, yeah. forget it. Okay. Oh, okay. you're talking about sourcing. All right. Yeah. You know, I think a soft law via email is 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 the right way to start it, and and then you can follow up appropriately. They they if they respond to an email, it shows they're really interested. If uh-huh. they if if they annoy ignore your emails and you've got to follow up with a phone call, um, uh-huh. you know they're less interested, but you can still get them. Okay, but, you know, we just established that, you know, if you meet somebody, just like you said, with the hiring manager, take them out for lunch, just like the Spanx lady did, she went to those mills. If you call somebody, even after they rejected you, there's still a good chance that you're going to be able to build that relationship or make that sale. Am I right? I I agree. I think it's all about planting seeds and, you know, building your network over time. And so, but but you asked how how do you reach out to them initially. That wasn't the question. Okay, it's about. It doesn't matter. Okay, they ignore your email, it, and you said, "Well, that means maybe they're not interested." No, it doesn't. It just means you know you got to call them, and, and you'll have a better chance on the phone. What about the greatest weakness question? Do you did you used to ask that question? What's the biggest failure you ever had, and how'd you get out of it, or what'd you do? Do you ask that question? What's your greatest weakness? I, I don't usually ask it. Why not? Um, one, I think people people know to be ready for that one, and so it's already yeah. kind of a rehearsed answer. Uh-huh. Do you think we could ask some questions about what it takes to start up a recruiting uh, technology business? I mean, this is what he's doing now. He's an entrepreneur doing this. I mean, what challenges yeah, have he faced? We're not. What? We're not. The idea right. is that we came right. here, we spent a half an hour talking about his product. Everybody who's been on the show has a pretty good idea about his product, we're recruiters. We want All tips. Right. He's in the interview business. That's why I'm asking him questions about interviewing, okay? He should be an All expert right. about interviewing. It's an Don't interesting question, though. It's well, go ahead. Ask him. Uh, what, what question do you want to ask him, Maureen? He, Alejandro wants to ask him. Oh, what? no, ahead, I, was, I was saying that we should Go focus ahead, on what it, to, <laughs> what does it take to start up a recruiting technology business. What's the biggest challenge been? You know, I think I think the hardest thing has been, people, you know, just people's attention. Everybody's busy. Uh, recruiters are busy. And how do you how do you get someone to slow down to think about uh, a system that could actually, you know, sharpen the sword and, and make them better? Um, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of HR tools out there, shiny tools, uh, as of late, and and so there's a lot. You know, people are probably inundated with pitches, right? And so, how do you figure out if one platform can really help you versus the next? Uh, so, I think you know our challenge is, hey, you know, I've been in your shoes. I've been a recruiter on all sides. I really kind of get some of the the challenges to our profession, and we're trying to overcome that and build a platform to help recruiters level up and and be more effective and um, you know in, improve their hiring velocity. So, I think the messaging has been really tricky. You know, you've got a you've got one tagline on your homepage, you've got a sub tagline, and then a small little paragraph, and you're trying to articulate all this value that your platform can provide. That's that's been a real challenge. And how long has it taken you to start getting noticed? 
So we pivoted to B2B in uh, late January, uh, early February. And so the last few months we've been really going, you know, licensing the platform to, you know, recruit internal external recruiting teams. Um, you know, prior to that it was a, it was kind of a B2C solution where we gave, uh, uh, Animal, to your, your point earlier, giving, giving the job seeker ability to pre-interview and then share highlights to, to not have to repeat themselves over and over. So, but how long? I mean, how so long have been, you guys been, been in business? So we we went all in last August. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, anything else, Alejandro? Um, I mean, questions along those lines to me would be interesting, but like what? I, I, I don't. I want to wreck your show. What did he learn about <laughs> selling? Well, what questions you want to ask? Go ahead. You know, are you engaging an entire sales force doing this? I mean, what's the primary distribution channel for you guys to get the message out there? You know, right now. Um, you, know, you start with your immediate network, and then you know we're, we're you know, playing around with some marketing. We're playing out with out, outbound outbound sales and email marketing, right? Um, so you, you kind of you need to experiment and figure out what works, and then you double down in that area. Oh, so I get it. To... I forgot you've got an interest in a in a in a tool. Am I right, Alejandro? So you want I do, but I think stuff. it's also interest. I think you've got a big audience, and I think there's a lot of people. No, I don't have a big audience. There. I didn't even get Come on Mark's list. Lars Smith <laughs> put me on the list. He put on HR Latte. He put on John Sumser, Drive Through HR, Recruiting Animal Show. He was on my group, on my Facebook group, asking for for feedback, and he didn't put me down. He says I forgot you. Okay. He said so you. He I don't said have he put you on now. He said okay. he put you on now. Yeah, because I had to twist his arm. Okay. Now the thing is, the thing is, if you want to find out how to sell recruiting technology, Nick's a real nice guy. I will swear by that. I don't know him that well, but he seems real nice. Phone him up after the show. This show is for recruiters. It's not for startup founders. Okay? There must be a million other shows for them. Recruiters sell to animal. Recruiters sell to. I asked him about that. Hey, Nick, have you ever hired a boomerang candidate? Someone that left that you brought back. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, no, okay. That's a no. Okay. No. okay. Can, can you predict time to fill? If someone gives you a job order, can you say, yeah, it'll take me uh, five candidates or three candidates and two weeks to get you that person? Can you do that? Within a certain range of accuracy, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, if you're looking for a yeah, a junior seller, right? There's there's a lot of people, you know, less specific experience. So you could say, you know, uh, three weeks. If you're looking for a JavaScript engineer in the Bay Area, that's going to be a challenge. That's going to be yeah. So I, yes, I think you can. Okay. Oh, last uh, we're we're at the last. We get the last five minutes. What's important that we haven't talked about? How much sleep do you get a night? Um, I've got two toddlers right now, so life is a little crazy, but. Um, um, Where'd you get the guts with two little kids to give up your job and start a new business? I mean, deep down, I, I think a recruiting you know, question. Yeah, recruiters have never really had had a platform that that backs them up, right? It's always a very you know we're we're trying to convince a, a client is or a high manager. To Alejandro, is he answering the question anyway? It doesn't matter what I say, okay? No. He doesn't answer the question. <laughs> How much time do you spend? Why do I want it? Why did I do this? Because I thought it was. It, there, there hasn't been a platform that really levels up the recruiting profession. Okay. There's a lot and of. Yeah, here's the. Here, then here's the answer, Animal. I thought you know I'm going to be very successful. I don't have to worry about feeding my kids. That's what it sounds like you're telling me. Is that right? 
Um, there's trade-offs. There's trade-offs. Okay, forget We're, about the trade-offs. Trade-offs, it depends. I'm going to answer your question sideways. Nick, you have to come back to the show on a regular basis and say something to give me a, a chance to, you know, shape you and mold you into someone who can just lay it on the line. Okay? <laughs> really? What's your final words? Because Jerry's not here. You don't have to worry about, you know, the after show. He'd spend all his time trashing me anyway. You don't have to worry about it. Go, go, go ahead. Uh, where, what's up with your, uh, your, your profile pic on Twitter? Uh, yeah, that's not uh, – I want you to give your, your final statement. Uh, my final statement, then, I'm going to do another pitch. I mean, I've done a lot of them. I've done more pitches for you in this show than I do for anybody. This guy's a nice guy named Nick Livingston. He's been a recruiter before. Now he's got a platform for interviews. It's called Hone It, HoneIt.com, H-O-N-E-I-T.com. You know, he's not a hard sell. If you want to find out about interviewing online – Saving the interviews, creating clips to pass around the office, make it easier to screen somebody. How can they get in touch with you? What's your phone number? Nick at Honit.com or 510-740-8025. And again, I'd say try it out. It's quick and easy to, to, to sign up, create an account. And again, these are clips that you could present to your clients or hiring managers so that, um, you know, you, you include a little evidence with every submittal. And we really think this is going to improve uh, recruiter hiring manager relationships. So You know, Nick once sent me a message. <laughs> the show ended, and I had a lot of time still on, and I didn't, I didn't click on end the episode. So I was reading my comments on Twitter, and I was <laughs> laughing. <laughs> he could hear me laughing to myself, so he, he sent me a message telling me that I was uh, being recorded. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> Nick no Livingston. Problem. Thank you. Ah! Yeah.